0: Exceeding Expectations, episode 63. This week's episode is with Misty Petrella. She's a transformational coach with a background in advertising and corporate marketing, which she left just to, because of the excessive hours she was having to do. She became a coach and started working with people who are into sort of spirituality and some actors and filmmakers. and And she just was able to really help them and she felt that She had a gift. There's other things we talk about in this episode, including masterminds and creativity and and what it means really to exceed someone's expectations. So this is the podcast where we try to help you give a better experience to your customers to, to help get you better referrals, more testimonials and rebookings and recommendations and so on. If you like what you hear in this episode, it would be great if you could share it with someone who you feel may get some some good value from the the content that you hear in this episode. And why not leave a review for us on one of the platforms such as iTunes that really helps to get the word out to more people. Hope you enjoy this week's episode with Misty Petrella. We're here th- for another edition of Exceeding Expectations, and my guest today is Misty Petrella. Did I pronounce that right?
1: You sure did, Tony. Nice job.
0: And how are you, Misty?
1: I'm doing very well. Thank you. Thank you. I'm doing great. You the I, just,
0: I just learned that you're in Portland, which is very similar weather to England, So, or to London, rather, so I feel quite sorry for you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I'm from Ohio, and it gets like negative 20 in the winter, so this wow. is better.
0: Yeah. Okay. It's so, what you grew up in, Ohio.
1: <laughs> yeah, I did.
0: So, so it's quite tropical compared to the uh,
1: Ohio?
0: No, I mean Portland. Oh, Portland quite is tropical quite tropical. It.
1: Yes. Compared <laughs> to Ohio. That is quite right. That is quite right.
0: <laughs> right. And so what was it that brought you to Portland?
1: Um, you know, I lived in Chicago for about 10 years um, when mm-hmm. I was in my corporate advertising days. And I hated the weather so much that I was looking for a new place to live. And what, because
0: it was too cold?
1: Oh my gosh, it is just. I mean, I love Chicago, but it's only about warm. I mean, maybe five months, four months out of the year. The rest, it is so bloody cold. Everyone's in tide all the time. And the wind rips (laughs) off that lake. I mean, oh, sweet dear baby Jesus. It is cold.
0: And how long were you in Chicago?
1: For about 10 years.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I love the city and
1: I had so much fun living there, but it is so cold.
0: And you gave it a good chance then, ten years. That's I did, I
1: did. I tried really hard.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and so, say so you came to Portland, when ten years ago, did you say?
1: Uh, no, I've only been in Portland for about um, let's see, a little over two years. Okay. Yeah.
0: And so, for the people who are listening, who you know don't know much about you, so what is it you do, and how did it all come about?
1: Oh, sure. So I'm a transformational business coach, um, mm-hmm. and what that means is I help really heart-centered entrepreneurs link their purpose, the thing they know they're meant to be doing in this world, to actual Mm -hmm. income. Mm -hmm. So um, we focus on, you know, all the business foundation things, like your ideal client and your offers and your marketing and your messaging and sales all in a really, you know, because I, you know, so many people who do coaching or healing or any like really, you know, heart-based service work out in the world, Are really good at their thing, but the the business stuff can feel really scary. You know, it's everyone thinks it has to be done a certain way, you Mm -hmm. know, because you see movies and TV that talk about business being done a certain way. Um, And I call myself a transformational business coach because I transform the way that people look at their businesses um, Mm. into something that's really aligned and something you actually love. Um, It doesn't have to be scary, it can be something you really enjoy doing.
0: And so, so how did it come about that you became a coach? What was the, what was it that led to that in the first place? <laughs> Pain. <laughs> right.
1: I, um, I was in advertising in big agency advertising for about 15 years. And then I mm-hmm. was in corporate marketing for another five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, at one point my boss, not when I was in the corporate world, uh, but when I was in the agency world. You know, Mm -hmm. I went to my boss and I said, you know, I'm working on all these projects and I've got more people pulled in and I'm just letting you know that we're having a hard time getting this all done. And -hmm. there's this agency mentality. I sort of probably think it's like that at Google too, where like, Mm -hmm. you stay (laughs) for, my boss said to me, you know, Misty, there are 24 hours in a day. And I was like, (laughs) wait, how many of those are yours? Mm -hmm. And so I thought. There's no way – you don't see a lot of older people in advertising because it's such a Mm. brutal – I mean, people really do stay there like 16, 17, 18 hours a day.
2: Mm.
1: And I just couldn't – oh, my God. I couldn't see my life doing that. I could not do it. I was unwilling Mm. to do it. Mm. And so I was looking for another thing that could use all of my skills, Mm. and I found coaching. I actually was at a cafe outside – (laughs) <laughs> in LA, trying to decide if I should move there or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, I, I looked up, you know, I'm, I'm very spiritual. I'm not religious, but I'm very spiritual. And I looked up really into the sky and I was like, universe, I don't know what to do next. I need help. And mm-hmm. <laughs> within moments I found Marie Forleo's website, which I don't know if you know who she is, but she's a fairly yeah. well-known mm-hmm. coach out in the world around mm-hmm. business. And I have never taken one of her programs because I actually have a business degree, but Mm -hmm. I saw what she was doing and I was like, that's my job. Mm -hmm. And so I went to coaching school for two years and here we are. Now I've been doing this for a little over seven years.
0: And so do you sort of specialize in any particular industries or what do you Um, do? do? Yeah,
1: I mean, I do. I, I really do tend to work with really, um, heart centered. I, I, I say heart centered because they really do. They, these people use their hearts to run their lives and and their businesses, and so do I. So that just mm. lines up really well. So I tend to work with other coaches, healers, um, energy workers, mediums, people who are really um, sensitive, introverts, you know, uh, mm. really empathic people, intuitives. All these people who are here to help in mm. this world right now. But the business stuff just feels really scary, and mm. I because I'm also quite spiritual um, that is it's easy for me to to bring those two worlds together It's easy for me mm. to help people understand in that in a, a very sort of spiritual and heart centered and aligned way. so I take all this scary business stuff and I make it actually feel really nice and loving and of service, which it absolutely can be if it's done right
0: and so is it from when you started coaching where you coaching with those types of people? Or was that kind of emerged over time?
1: Well, that's a really good question. Because when I thought, when I was in coaching school, and I went to a really intense, like I said, it was a two-year coaching school. So it was a real, it was full-time two years. Mm. And um, when I was in coaching school, I was like, yes, because I've gone through a divorce in my own life. And mm. I thought, I'm going to do women's empowerment. and This is what I'm going to, I'm so excited. And <laughs> when I was in coaching school, and we were getting ready to graduate, Mm. I realized that all the people around me that were about to go out and become coaches in the world had no idea what they were getting into in terms of their business.
2: Mm.
1: They just had no idea. And our coaching school, although a wonderful school, was not Mm. in the business to help people run businesses. They just Mm. taught the coaching part. So (laughs) I I saw all, and I, and I, I started helping people right away while I was in school. Hmm. And I do actually do all the things I thought I would do. It just shows up in a different form. It shows up through empowering people into their businesses um, hmm. so that they can empower other
0: people. So, so you started working with, with coaches initially, was it then?
1: Yeah, actually. that's And, and also artists um, because right. I have been a professional actor in my life. Um, and so I worked with, um, when I very first started, I worked with, um, filmmakers. I worked with a DJ. Um, I worked with a lot of creative people who were Mm -hmm. starting businesses. Um, but I find that the spiritual aspect of it, the parts where I talk about, you know, doing business from your heart and, you know, um, talking to the universe and manifestation and all of these things are things that are more in alignment with coaches and healers and mediums and that the, the way I speak about my work and bringing all of yourself to your work, not just this physical reality, but all of your spiritual self, um, to mm-hmm. your work as well. That all lines up with those, um, those coaches and healers and energy workers that tends to be people who come to me now just because I'm so into that kind of thing also.
0: And so the people – so when you were doing working with co- – well, I guess you, you still are working with coaches sometimes. And, and then you also mentioned about you know, the sort of intuitives and spirit, spiritual people and so on. Do they have quite different issues or is it often very similar things?
1: I, it's very similar things. When people struggle right. in business, especially the people that I tend to work with, it, is, it tends to be around a couple of things that feel really scary, which is you know, when you have this big, beautiful gift – how do you choose mm-hmm. one person to target it to? Mm-hmm. And that can feel very difficult. Um, and so we sort of peel back what an ideal client really means and what it doesn't mean, all those fun things. Um, and then I think you know messaging and marketing and sales are really scary for people because they think mm-hmm. they have to convince people to do things. And so mm-hmm. I transform all of that, too, because if you're doing it right, it has nothing to do with convincing Mm, Um, absolutely yeah it's just about sharing what you believe about your work and so Mm -hmm. when we when we start to peel that back people feel really empowered and excited to share what they're working on
0: and is there an element of of, I would imagine some people that you've just mentioned they probably have a, a sort of fear around um, charging what they should be charging because they maybe feel they're ripping people off Yeah,
1: absolutely that is so true pricing mm. can be really really sticky mm. um, my biggest thing about pricing is would you be willing to pay this for your thing and be excited about paying it mm. that's the ultimate question and if the answer is mm. no then you're not in the right price or you need to do mm. some mindset yeah. work <laughs> one of the yeah. two things <laughs>
0: And so how did I usually react when, when you say that?
1: Um, they're actually like, oh, okay. It feels a little bit better. You know, there's this, thing, mm. there's this thing out in the world which, you know, helps entrepreneurs believe that they need to be charging $25,000 for a six-month program as soon as they start their business. And while, mm. for many, that is in alignment. Hmm for many people that is in alignment that is something they would easily do and easily pay for for many people mm. it isn't mm. and for someone who's never paid something like that to charge something like that is a very difficult thing so it just ends mm. up people it ends up stopping people from making money instead of empowering mm. people to learn how to make money mm. and you can get to that rate i think mm. no problem But forcing people into an inflated rate they're not even comfortable talking about is going to stop people from making money. Yeah, They'll put all of their own personal sabotages in the system without them even knowing it. Mm -hmm. So I find for people who are scared about pricing, it's easier to work your way up quickly. I'm not saying charge low forever. I'm just saying start somewhere, Mm -hmm. learn how to do it, and then move your way up.
0: So what do you find is the most enjoyable aspect of what you do?
1: Oh, my goodness. The most enjoyable aspect of what I do is when someone goes, oh, 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 I get it. Okay. Okay, I can do that. Mm. Best sound ever in the universe is when someone Mm. thinks they can't, and then you're there the moment they go, oh, my God, yes, I can.
0: You see the light bulb going oh, on.
1: It is like, it is the best thing about this job in the whole universe of the world of universes, mm. hands down.
0: And I guess it's um, some people that may happen very quickly and others it might take quite a while.
1: Um, It just depends. You know, I find somehow when people get to me, and we work, we're working one-on-one, typically they're ready. To, they're, they're so frustrated with, their, with their, where their business has been for so long mm. that they're, they're ready to see a different, they're praying for a different way to be able to do it. Mm. And when you show them that that's quite possible, um, they're usually really excited to go do it. So every once in a while, mm. there'll be someone who's like, you know, not ready to
0: move forward, mm. but. Well, I think there's a lot of people who don't really understand. um, Well, at first, they don't fully comprehend how a coach can really help them. Very true.
1: Also very true. It can seem a little mysterious Mm. from the outside, right?
0: And so do people come to you sometimes with a lot of kind of reservations and maybe a sort of guarded?
1: I will say this. I have worked with a lot of people who've been through other people's things that didn't work. Mm. So somehow... You know, because I think, you know, people take programs a lot to build their Mm -hmm. businesses. And really, that can be difficult to, like, take something that's on a video and interpret it into your own business without, like, one-on-one guidance. Yeah. It can be really, it's hard. So Mm. I I tend to work with people one-on-one primarily. There are some group aspects to what I do, but... Most of the time I work with people one-on-one.
0: And is that one-on-one face-to-face or online or both?
1: Uh, Actually, (laughs) all of my clients right now are international. So I was just thinking, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to bring all these people together in one room at the same time, even on Zoom, because Mm. they're all over the planet. Mm. Um, I tend to work with people all over rather than because I just moved to Portland a couple of years ago. So I've been moving around a lot in the last couple of years. So mm-hmm. I've really focused online because that's a constant space lately. Mm. So,
0: so how do, how do people find you then?
1: Um, my website and I'm, I'm really active on Facebook. So coachmisty.com, So M I S T I. Um, mm-hmm. but in my, you know, I have a Facebook group. Um, I'm really active online in the Facebooks I should say. And LinkedIn. I, I have a really like relationshipy way of doing business. And okay. Facebook is a very relationship space. <laughs> so hmm. it kind of fits.
0: And so if someone was decided that they, well, they realized they did need a coach and they started looking around, what would, what do you think would make them come to you as opposed to someone else?
1: Um, that's a good question. Uh, Probably because of the way I talk about things. Um, I tend to to talk about things in a really lovey, fun, different way. And people usually are looking for something different. The people that find me are like, I'm so sick of doing this the way that everybody else tells me to do this. It's not working. Hmm. I want to do something different, but I have no idea what to do. Those are the people that tend to find me.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I do a lot of like, you know, I talk about bringing spirituality and business together a lot. Your whole mm. self, your soul, your heart, your, you know. Um, and so because I talk about those things a lot, those tend to be the people that find me.
0: Mm. And so are you able to help them get like very different results than what they thought they maybe have been able to get?
1: Absolutely. That's the most fun part because once you start peeling back what the layers of what people think has to happen in business and the way it has to happen there's so mm-hmm. much room for creativity and fun and it it what is is so rewarding like I said before, is watching people go, oh my gosh, it can be different. That is amazing. Mm. I can have a business. I can do this. Mm. I didn't think I could, but I actually mm. can.
0: And so the people tend to, is it, and I guess this is like how long is it a piece of string, but is it tends to be sort of maybe like a six-month period you'll be coaching someone, or is it maybe a few years? Or um,
1: it- no, actually, because I, I train people to not be dependent on me.
0: Right. So...
1: Um, I have a four month package and then you mm-hmm. go do it. Now I do have like, you know, we touch base like once a month, that, that kind of mm-hmm. thing, but right. not where we're talking, you know, cause when I'm working with people and we're really turning something around, that's not been going well for a while. It, I, mm-hmm. I meet with people every week for four months.
0: Mm-hmm. And before we started recording, you were talking about um, an experience you had with a, was it a mastermind group? I think you
1: yes, talking. actually. And this is like really, when I was, you know, we were talking about bringing in new clients, right? And I mm. think that's a real space where um, typically in businesses, there's a lot of lost opportunity. Um, because people, especially when they're in a transformational work, like a coach or a healer or, you know, whatever your work is that's transformational, therapist, um, people are very excited to start working with us. But, like, mm-hmm. capturing that energy and continuing it is so specific. And I didn't learn how to do that until I went to this mastermind. And the experience that was created From the moment we stepped foot over the threshold of this, it was actually in the woman's apartment, which was stunning, by the way. It was in L.A. Um, From Hmm. the moment we stepped over the threshold, every moment was so well thought through and conscious. And I I was so blown away. And part of what she was teaching us at this mastermind was how to do this. So we were experiencing Hmm. what She was training us to do. And
0: what to run your own mastermind? No,
1: no, no, no. No, no, not, no, it wasn't about that. It was about um, creating customer experiences. Okay. And what what happened for me there is that, you know, one is that every step was consciously thought through. That Hmm. doesn't happen in most businesses. And the way this was so rich and vibrant, even from the music that was playing to the the way we were introduced to each other to the i mean every the food that it was so it was such a rich experience i remembered it just the experience of it then on top of that we had great learnings at this mastermind so for me it was so clear after that, what I needed to change in my own business, because I, you know, I've been doing this for about seven years now and I had this experience three years ago. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I got testimonials before in my work. I always did because, you know, I'm very conscientious and I take a lot of care with people, but once Mm -hmm. I took the things I learned and started mm. to really consciously create an experience for my clients. I mean, mm. <laughs> the testimony, people, the remarks, the feedback I get from people, the mm. the because even creating an experience for your clients can help them absorb the material they're trying to learn or, or even get through a transformation in a different way. And so... The, the way we create our packages and our offers can be so much more dynamic than most of us think about mm. it. And mm. when I started to apply that to my own business, it just, I mean, I started getting more testimonials, like I said, more testimonials, more feedback. And when you start getting that, then more people are willing to buy because you have social proof. Mm -hmm. So it just really started to snowball things. And now, I mean, things are chugging along. And when I don't, when I think, when I get all in my ego every once in a while, which we tend to do in business, it can happen. And I don't create Mm -hmm. a really powerful experience. What Mm -hmm. happens is so different. The -hmm. community doesn't come together. Mm -hmm. People tend to fall off. You know you don't have a good customer experience when it's hard to get people on the phone. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: When you think the purchase ends at the PayPal ding. Mm -hmm. So, or if any of your clients is like, okay, I'm ready, what do we do next? Mm. Then that is a... I would say the co- that's your business showing itself that the customer experience is thin.
0: Before um, before that mastermind group, had you ever been in a mastermind group prior to yes, that? Yes.
1: I have actually. So
0: what would you So what would you say what what was so different about this one that you know was that so transformational?
1: I would say the care and conscious creation of every moment we were experiencing. Mm. Really? You, you could tell everything was thought through and really consciously done to like step one, step two, to make everything clear for us and exciting mm-hmm. and part of it. And then before in the other experience I've had with a mastermind and the other experience I had with a mastermind was online. Mm-hmm. So I, I purchased it. Somebody sent me a link. And an email telling me when to show up, and that was it. Mm -hmm. And so it was just a very, I mean, I would ask anyone listening, if you have memory of a really amazing experience, being being the receiver of an amazing experience, Mm -hmm. versus being the receiver of something that sort of fell flat. I mean, even just consider those two for a second. Typically, some people have had both of those.
2: Yeah.
1: It can be, and like, how do you get there, right? Like, how do you, if you aren't Mm -hmm. sure if you have a good customer experience, how do you even get there? Mm -hmm. So what I I have, like, three steps I typically tell people to start with, which is ask. Ask people that you're working with already. What would Mm -hmm. make them feel special? What would make that this, where does this not feel special? Sometimes hearing negative feedback can be extremely powerful. If someone's Mm -hmm. willing to share that with you, it's because they really Mm -hmm. care about you. Yeah. If they're not saying anything, (laughs) then that's even worse. Mm -hmm. So ask people. Even ask people that maybe aren't your clients but maybe would be your ideal client. That's fine, too. Um, and I always say in a business, in anything you're trying to create, in an offer, in a, in a freebie, in a summit, in a whatever you're trying to create. It doesn't really matter. A podcast. Mm-hmm. My question is, what would you want to experience if you were receiving this? How would you want this to be? How would you want to be made feel made to feel special?
0: Not everyone listening to this will necessarily know what a mastermind is. So do you want to just give a description of you know, what you obviously a mastermind covers so you know so many different ways a mastermind group could that's be that's so true. So how would you describe how would you describe a mastermind? Uh,
1: group? I would say it is a group of people coming together to assist each other in common goals. So for this first example of the mastermind that we're talking about where I received the amazing experience, there was, um, Mm -hmm. 15 of us, I think we all Mm -hmm. gathered for a weekend at in LA and we were all over a very short period of time engaging in with each other and supporting each other in learning something. So it You could call it a workshop, but it was way more interactive. It was like highly interactive and very, very, there was very few of us. Hmm. So it was quite intense. Um, The other mastermind I was in was an online version. And it was sort of a general business building mastermind that was over the course of three months. And we met once a month for three months. Hmm. Um, In each case... I got to like have a little bit of attention on me. And then you learn by other people getting attention as well. Sort of mm-hmm. learn by secondary. You can learn a lot by watching someone else deal with what they're frustrated with in terms of their business or, you know, any. Mm-hmm. typically masterminds I've been and have been business ones. I'm sure there probably are ones that are not.
0: And are you in one at the moment?
1: Um, I actually just created one, so I'm running one at the moment, basically.
0: <laughs> okay. And is that, is that for your clients? Or, um,
1: they are all, no. one was a previous client and two are new clients. No, actually two are previous clients and one is a new client. And we're all focused on, um, business building too. Like that's exactly mm. what this one is focused on.
0: And before, when we were, you know, talking before the recording, you mentioned about when when you learned to create uh, a great experience for customers.
1: Yes, that was actually at that first mastermind. That's where I learned how to do it.
0: Right. right yeah. Okay. And so, how? So, when you've now been putting that into practice, and you, you were talking about how to, you know, the amazing sort of testimonials and so on, you've yeah. got from from doing that. Um, is. Would you say your approach to, to how you treat your customers is, is what you mostly learned from that? And What, you know, what was the biggest sort of yes,
1: change? Yes, absolutely. The biggest change. And, you know, again, when you're starting a business, there's so much focus on money, right? Like I got to make hmm. money so I can keep helping people, especially if you're in a service-based business. I got to keep making money so I can keep doing this business. Um, hmm. So there can be such a focus on that next client. Um, and instead of focusing on getting to that next PayPal ding, which is what mm-hmm. m- where most people stop the client process of onboarding, really, is like, mm-hmm. I sent you a contract and now you're paying me, now we're going to get started, here's your link. But really, right. if you think about what it must be like for someone on the other end of that who Mm. is nervous and scared and worried and just made a sizable investment in themselves. So if you Mm. shift it from worrying about ourselves, which we do need to do, to worrying about Mm. how the person you are trying to help especially if it's in a sensitive area, which a lot of coaches and healers and energy workers are involved in. So if it's in something that's Mm. in a sensitive area, those people feel pretty vulnerable. So if you shift from worrying about that PayPal ding to really helping someone who feels afraid or nervous or vulnerable in any way and really needs help to transform their lives and Every step you take with them from the contract to what happens first, second, and third can be very empowering and loving and can set them up for even greater transformation in the next couple Mm -hmm. of weeks. So instead of like just worrying about, oh, my God, I got to get this PayPal ding, worrying about like who's on the other end and what they must be going through when they're purchasing this thing to help them really is the thing that changed all of it. I mean, I always knew that's what was happening. I knew there were, you know, no one calls in a coach or a healer when things are like Jim Dandy. That's just not how this works.
2: Yeah.
1: So, yeah. being really conscientious of what the other person is going through from the moment they say yes. And even how in some cases scary that must have been just to say yes. Um, and sort of nurturing that and caring for it, it changed my business completely.
0: And so was there an element of it It helps you to really help your clients to sort of open up and be kind of vulnerable so that you could really get to know what it was that was causing um, their issues? A
1: couple of things. One, I help train people back into their heart energy from the moment we start working together. So... Um, we're so used to making decisions with our brains. There's other wisdom in your body. You can actually make choices with your heart. Okay? And so I get I help people get connected back into their heart space very early on because you need both to be a powerful person in this world. Um, and then also I have absolutely, and I make this very clear from the very beginning, no judgment for whatever anyone has done, experienced, or been through in terms of their life and or their business. So I just hmm. love the shit out of people from the moment I meet them. Literally. And people can feel it. It's very it's very hmm. real. It's honest. <laughs> it makes people feel yeah. okay about opening up.
0: So where do you see your future going with your business? How do you think it will go over the next few what years? What I'm
1: trying to do is I have – my business foundations are really solid. That part is great. What I'm trying to do is I'm in the process of, you know, scaling. And so how do you do that and still stay really conscientious and really connected to people? And I have been unwilling to scale up to um, – Lose any connection with the way I deal with my clients, and so I'm try- That's what that's the process I'm going through right now is how to scale up and still stay really connected to people. And so that's mm. in the next couple of years. That's what is going to be happening. <laughs> that's literally the process I'm going through right, right now. So,
0: if <laughs> you mentioned before that you were um, sort of in acting and, and doing stuff like that. These things we take in from the you know, previous sort of uh, jobs and experiences that we've did in our life. Is there anything you learned in, in doing those sorts of things that have helped you now?
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I, I, uh, I learned a lot in acting about myself, actually, because I went to a two year acting mm. school and, Man, it was a journey of self discovery. I learned so much about myself. It, that actually is what has helped me most. Um, mm. And, you know, I certainly have no problem being on camera. That makes doing business online really a lot easier. So that helps too.
0: <laughs> so, doing the acting, what was it you said you learned a lot about yourself? So, what's the oh most what sort of things that you did?
1: I learned that I wasn't in my body most of the time as a person, um, which might sound a little weird, but Mm -hmm. my energy was usually bouncing around somewhere else. Um, I learned Mm -hmm. um, how afraid I was of so many things in the world. Um, I learned that I -hmm. actually had a lot more courage than I thought I did. Um, I also learned that I was Mm -hmm. pretty creative and I did not think that I was. So, um, Mm yeah. Yeah. We don't get a lot of time in our life, especially as kids, to explore creativity, especially now, you know, Mm -hmm. technology and all that kind of stuff. So I was in a program for two years where that's just what we did all the time. And man, I've had, it was so powerful. It changed my life. That's for sure.
0: And so, are you able to help people that you're working with now with sort of creativity issues? Oh my god, yes!
1: Because <laughs> there is a thing with creativity um, that it can get, for lack of a better term, and this is what happened to me. That I have. No, I'm not saying that this is what may be happening to other people, but it can somehow. Sometimes it can get hard to keep track of it, like. Um, you get so many downloads, you have so many ideas, there's so many things you want to do, there's so many ways you want to help people. How do you decide what comes first, second, and third, and how do you get it all out of your brain and into the world? And I help people with that a lot because I've gone through that. And a lot of entrepreneurs go through that too. They for sure Mm -hmm. do. It can be very, um, all the ideas and, what I've definitely been through that. So yes, I get it.
0: (laughs) Well, The phrase exceeding expectations, what what does that mean to you? Um,
1: delight, surprise, and joy that's what it means. I mean, if you i I look at exceeding expectations as the places where I get to have fun and be creative in my business, you know what I mean? Like when I have to put a Mm. financial projection together, that's not all that fun, but exceeding expectations. Mm. I mean, that's where you get to be creative. That, for me, feels like mm. quite a joyous place, that is for sure. Because what mm. can possibly be the outcome of exceeding expectations other than that?
0: A lot of people don't seem to have realized the, the benefits they can get from, from doing
1: no, you know, taking think, an approach like that. I think that most people have been trained in this business realm to think about how to make the next dollar as quickly as possible. And that's just the way, and not mm-hmm. because anybody wants to do it that way necessarily. I mean, some people do, but um, that's just the way they're trained. So that becomes the focus because that's the way you think it should be done. But once you start looking mm-hmm. at it in terms of what you're talking about, in terms of exceeding expectations, man, it's fun. What's that fun about that? Well, I guess
0: I guess for some people, it's simply a case of because they haven't experienced the, the, the thrill that you can get when, when you are able to you know, vastly exceed what <laughs> someone expected. If they haven't experienced that, then they don't really. That is probably
1: with. true. I wonder how you could go get an exceeded expectations experience. Like, how do you go get that if you don't know where to go?
0: So it wouldn't cross their minds or even to, to try to do that because maybe exactly. they haven't experienced I think it you're right or, or whatever.
1: I just mm. asked on my Facebook page.
2: Mm.
1: I didn't go look yet. I went and asked on my Facebook page because I said I'm going to go and get interviewed on a podcast about exceeding expectations. Mm. So when has that happened to you? Mm. And I don't think I've had anyone respond mm. back yet because I think you're right. I don't think people get a chance to receive that very
0: often. It's interesting. I wonder if it is happening less or not. I don't know. It's because, I mean, I've had, this is what, you know, I've interviewed 60, 70 people for this podcast. And as uh, I mean, and obviously all of those people did have that mindset of wanting to exceed, you know, to give their customer an amazing experience. And they understood not only did it bring in better referrals and testimonials, but as you, as you said, it made it, it makes the whole work thing much more enjoyable rather than Goodness. just a job.
1: I mean, most people any day at this point in time, where we are on the planet right now, most people have fairly low expectations because they've kind of been trained to Mm. because it's disappointing. Mm. So really to even exceed someone's expectations doesn't take all that much of your time, money, and energy. It just takes a little creativity and thinking like the person you're Mm. serving which should be, you know, Mm. for the people I serve anyway, they're usually that person like five steps ahead, you know, or three years later. So it should Mm. be kind of an alignment.
0: If people want to find out more about what you do, Misty, where where would I go to?
1: Oh, yeah. You can go to my website, coachmisty.com, M-I-S-T-I, coach Mm -hmm. um, dot com, Or you can go to the Facebook and go, this is kind of a long name, So the link is in this podcast also, I'm sure. Um, But it's called Heart Centered Entrepreneurs Making Impact and Income.
0: And have you got any sort of like courses or books or anything?
1: Um, I don't have a book right now, although what I am doing for next year is, and I'm in the middle of planning it, um, Mm -hmm. is creating a, it's a business planner, but it's actually not for appointments like a normal business planner. It's Mm -hmm. uh, basically a way to run your business every month and sort of walks you through the questions that you should be asking yourself, um, in terms of offers and marketing and sales that need to happen every month to help you run your business. So I'm working on that right now.
0: Oh, And just before we finish, you mentioned to me about a quotation that you quite like. So do you want to tell us about that?
1: Oh yes. (laughs) I love this quotation. Um, and it's actually from Steve jobs. And when I found it, I was like, Of course, this is right. Um, It says you've got to start with the customer experience and work backward toward the technology, not the other way around. Mm. And I think especially right now for coaches and healers and people who are really afraid to have sales conversations, Mm. they really, really want the technology to sell for them. Mm. And so people who really have very little experience actually talking to customers are just Buying a bunch of tech and email systems and lead pages and all this stuff mm. when they're not really sure how they actually want to serve their customer before they even start buying all this. Mm. So, I really love that Steve Jobs said this because he's like the tech guru and he was even very clear about this mm. that you have to start with the customer experience first and then add tech on. Mm. And if you're not clear, about what people need from you how they need it what results they need and how your work changes their lives buying the tech and adding that on is just wasting so much money I've seen people waste so much money Mm. really so just but I mean this is Steve Jobs guys he's like the tech genius of the world customer experience first tech second
0: couldn't agree with you more Well, Misty it's been a pleasure speaking with you You too. Thank you
1: so much for
0: this interview. This is great. No problem at all. And I'm great. Best of luck with your business. Thank you so much. Back to you too. Next week is episode 64 with Jeff Polvino. He's a, a successful serial entrepreneur, business consultant, digital marketing strategist, and a startup mentor. And for over 20 years, he's been helping entrepreneurs grow their business by increasing their profitability and scalability while also lowering their customer acquisition cost uh, next week with Jeff Polvino here on the Exceeding Expectations podcast. Hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. Why not share the episode with someone who you feel may really get some value from some of the content in uh, some of the things that were discussed in this week's show. Please do leave a review for us on iTunes and hope you have a fantastic week.